be the world champion with a body like that. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. And that's the bottom line. And now, your world podcast champion. Welcome to episode 100 of Rumbling Reality. Right? We made it to triple digits, bro. And the crazy part is, I've been so busy this week, I was really planning to have like a guest on for 100, but whatever. <laughs> hey, you know, you get the you get two of the originals for episode 100, the ones still pushing that train, so I think we're all right. We had Rich on last week. I was going to maybe see if Sam wanted to come on, and I was like, completely forgot to ask, so... What I think we should say. I think we can save Sam for WrestleMania. I like. I like having Sam, and I like having Sam or uh, Richie. Last year was fun too for yeah. our WrestleMania episode. So I like the idea of doing Sam for WrestleMania. I like doing Sam for WrestleMania too. Oh, look at that! <clears throat> we probably get some. We need to get some more people on here too in the future. I'll actually start asking. And you're the ones with all the connections. Some other people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll start asking some of the guys. Uh, at WFC if they want to be guests in the future and things yeah. like that and so we can kind of coordinate with them of how we're going to do it <coughs> hold on let me get my cough out of the way <coughs> okay so let's go down the um, wrestling uh, news reel so as of now I guess uh, they're changing Buddy's Murphy's name to just Murphy Murphy why do they always do and- this stuff I'm like I'm kind of a fan of the two name thing. It feels like a real character, and then they just right. abbreviate the crap. I mean, I can name so many guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm kind of the same. I actually don't mind. How do you feel? I'm about kind this of one? torn. <clears throat> like I'm torn. I I like I liked Buddy Murphy because it was it was different. Like it's a unique name. Yeah. However, that being said, huh? I said yeah, I agree. Uh, but that being said, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't hear the name Buddy Murphy as being yeah. main event. You know what I mean? Yeah. But shorten it to Murphy because they used to when a, when they were. I was reading something about this on a, on a website when he and uh, Wesley Blake were tag team back when Alexa Bliss was their manager. Um, they just went by Blake and Murphy as a team, and it, and it had a good, a good ring to it. So I actually don't have an issue really with them shortening it to just Murphy. There's certain people that I I, I feel that way about, uh, like Rusev. I think did good without uh, Alexander Rusev, though. I thought that was great. Him just dropping. Yeah, his that's name. a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Cesaro, I think, is another good one too. I think just calling him Cesaro is a good thing. Oh, I forgot uh, what was his old name. Antonio Cesaro. I forgot that. Yeah. I guess I guess eventually they win us over, don't they? Mm-hmm. I got guess. <laughs> There's a few I don't like. I I didn't like the change. I'm trying to think of them now. Um, I used to, I think didn't they shorten Alberto Del Rio for a while? They just called him Del Rio or no? There's no some, no. There's some he was Spanish always a three name one. There's some Spanish star or some kind of star. <laughs> I'm sure there's several that if we really stopped and thought about it, we could probably narrow it down to, to yeah. people that had their first names dropped and just went by the last names. So I guess I was wrong. But, I guess that's a good idea. <laughs> hey, man, in the future, I was just – I don't know why. Maybe it's just because we're when we do this podcast, we've got our you know picture-in-picture picture doing our uh, Facebook Messenger way. Dude, I kind of like the way we haven't set up. If we ever could eventually put this on a video, I think that'd be cool to have me on one side, you on another. That'd be cool. Just as a side reference yeah. there. <laughs> that also require me looking more awake. 
looking more away. And then I like I don't know. I'd have to focus more on the camera and less on me like multitasking. So we'll see. I mean, it's not a bad idea in the future. It is. Episode I mean, you 100. look good. You look good from my point of view. Look at that beard, looking Ooh, all big and fluffy. I, I actually uh, trimmed it for once. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, for once, literally. Been I had to. I had to. I had to clean up under here actually yesterday. <laughs> yeah, to here. Uh, let's see. What else? That's uh, people don't know about that. He, I'll have to you know point out things people don't see on TV. Rusev. Well, there was a. Off there's TV one TV. that just came out. Uh, I just saw it right before you called me today. Yeah. Uh, they had a, I think we were all aware that here recently they had a, a, a policy change, I guess, with WWE when it came to the NXT roster and the main, well, what they consider the main roster stars, um, that they could no longer call out uh, the main roster. Like, NXT guys can't do that, i.e. Matt Riddle calling out Brock Lesnar uh. any chance he got. Uh, however... Um, whether you want to call it stupid or maybe he just, you know, he knows his value type of thing. Matt Riddle don't really care because at a NXT live event that I think took place last night in Las Vegas, he got on the mic and I didn't get to finish the video, but the uh, the headline for the video was Matt Riddle calls out or uh, vows to retire Brock Lesnar. <clears throat> so he's still pushing it. Like <laughs> It could be, like, honestly, it could be as part of a plan, honestly, man. I, and, you know, I thought that too, but apparently from uh, reports that have gone around, Vince is not a uh, huge fan not. of his, um, strictly because, like, they had this thing go down where they told people, hey, listen, stop having, stop calling out main roster guys if you're on NXT. And on top of that, uh, I guess Brock had a conversation, if you want to call it that, with Matt uh, and said, dude, stop tagging me and calling me out. Uh, we're not going to work together and we'll never work yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, you tell Matt Riddle that. And sorry, you know, Matt Riddle's just as legitimate of a fighter as Brock Lesnar is, if not maybe even more. Um, so honestly, if Riddle wants to call out Lesnar, he's done it with Goldberg and he didn't have an issue. Like, he had yeah. no issues calling out Goldberg. So. Uh, I, I could see I could see Riddle pushing the wrong buttons, but at the same time, it's like he's a he's a good wrestler. Like he's it's a good just, character. It's just, people it's just like funny him because Vince usually likes the people that push buttons. Oh yeah, exactly. But apparently, it's not on the best of sides. <laughs> so Rusev reportedly off WT, WWE TV due to a contract dispute. Do you know about this? I do not share. Please. Okay. Well, according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter. Rusev has been taken off TV due to a contract dispute, which is also why the storyline with Bobby Lashley and Lana have stopped. And let's see, it doesn't give actual what the reason is, though. I guarantee it's something to do with Lana, Bobby Lashley, and, real, and like probably pissing him off. <laughs> and, real, I mean, life. maybe, maybe it very well could be because um, you know I've I don't know how I would feel about um, being in a storyline where my legitimate real wife yeah. is making out with one of my co-workers yeah you know not... and those things like i me... get it's acting i get that it's all yeah acting, but, but it the same like... tune there's that there's that certain level this isn't all just this isn't yeah Hollywood, they're always you know? flying people are always flying together they gotta be when they're on i'm sure when they're on airlines and stuff they probably can't sit with each other i don't know how it works like they used to work but i mean right. i can see it creating a lot of tension in the long run and you know she may fall for bobby lashley and then we have a whole matt hardy thing so you never know well, not even just that. I mean, a more apropos and a little bit more sadder of a, of a, of a topic to say. It's more so of a Nancy Benoit, Chris Benoit situation because Nancy Benoit dated Kevin Sullivan back in WCW in like 94. And it was Kevin Sullivan 
who suggested a storyline between him and Chris Benoit, where at the time Nancy, who went by the the uh, the character's name of Woman in WCW and ECW, she fell for Benoit in storyline while she was still married to Kevin Sullivan. So they were having an affair, but that then led to a real life relationship between uh, Benoit and Nancy, uh, later Nancy Benoit. So there was a running joke that Kevin Sullivan orchestrated his own divorce <laughs> uh, that apparently went around for several years. So, um, do you know about this one? <coughs> Sorry, guys. <coughs> Ted DiBiase's son arrested in connection with embezzlement scheme. Yeah, that's this is crazy. A million dollar man thinking, obviously though. didn't invest for the billion dollar boy. Apparently, <laughs> but this isn't a, this isn't our, the same son though, right? This isn't. No, this is not Ted DiBiase Jr. See, this is uh, his youngest son. I want to throw it out there. Just people are like, what? And they, what's it called? Um, Brett DiBiase. No, what's it called to bring people in over like titles and it's annoying because it's not really what they think. Like, you know, when you see a title, it says like, oh, person's dead or something. Like, and you click on it. Oh, clickbait. Oh, my God. Oh, cl- okay, okay. Wow, I'm, I'm sorry. I was trying tired. to figure out what you were saying. I'm trying to wake up. I'm trying to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know in depth about it? I'm going to read to you about it. If you know in depth, let me know. Um, I know enough about it to where basically it comes down to um, there was a uh, like a charity scam is essentially what it was. Um, they were doing they they were saying donate to such and such cause to help such such people. I believe is how it went. And long story short, money didn't go to where it was supposed to, and instead went into the pocket of. Uh, Brett DiBiase and his partner, whoever that was, I, I don't even remember if they even mentioned a name, but yeah, it, they basically coded their own pockets through a, this uh, supposed uh, charity function or whatever the case. I find it funny that the million dollar man now has a son who is in connection with a multi-million dollar embezzlement scheme. Just saying. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I guess I guess the million dollar man didn't invest his money to create the billion dollar boy, you know? Right. <laughs> Let's see... Oh, uh, not really news, but I checked out. Um, I'm not sure when Jericho's cruise actually happened, but I watched mm-hmm. a few of the matches. Did you watch any? I did. I did. It was a. It was I believe different. it was two weeks ago. Was, two weeks, two ago. weeks ago. So it was a little different. I mean, I wasn't. I mean, some of it was a little slow paced for me. I guess I'm so mm-hmm. used to lighting being on point, but it's a freaking cruise ship, so whatever. It almost felt like that. A, the, the wind was terrible too. The wind, yeah, the wind. You know, there was matches like. Was it Kenny Omega and um, that hot little Asian Hangman. girl he has? It was uh, that was the episode I believe that uh, uh, Hangman and Kenny uh, got the AEW tag titles from uh, SCU from oh, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. This match Gazarian. was a intergender tag team match. Oh wait a minute! You're okay. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about like the online exclusive ones that they yes. did. Yes. Like okay, yes. okay. I, I, my bad. I thought you were talking about the the AEW Dynamite no, show itself. No, I didn't see itself. that. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. My bad. My bad. Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me that they had. I think they did a whole episode of did Dark you watch it? on the cruise ship too. I did not watch it. No, it's I a, haven't kept up uh, with it's Dark. It's a little weird. Let's just say, like, I forgot who Kenny went against. Oh my gosh, I forgot his name. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Yeah, they're they're both really good. Uh, but it was weird because when they started the match, we had we had the damn it, what's his name? The other guy, he didn't want to fight Kenny. He wanted to fight mm-hmm. his partner. What's that girl? The girl's name? Oh, Rio. Yeah, well, she's hot. So I'm not super familiar with it. Um, what do you call it? AEW. Uh, and then uh, AEW. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, which I actually watched an episode again. Uh, so they were switching off. 
as in so when so when how do I explain this? So basically, the guy, the girls, the guys did not want to fight the girl, the guys. They kept they, okay. so basically like whenever. So basically, it was intergender format, and the guys didn't want to fight each other. Was, they wanted to fight the girls. Yeah, it was odd because okay. they made the girls keep going over the guys, and I was like, this is not believable at all. It was like, a, especially with Kenny. Kenny tried to sell it, but I was like, mm-hmm. Kenny was getting like schooled. I'm like, Kenny's like. He's like freaking top tier, especially overseas. You got to watch it. I have a horrible time explaining this, but it was like, whoa. Here's so I'm glad you brought that up because this will kind of segue into something I wanted to talk about here on the show. But this kind of goes, this kind of goes into what you and I were talking about with the whole Tessa Blanchard thing uh, with Impact. You know, is it believable to put even your top prize on a woman? And do the whole intergender wrestling. Now, I believe there is a market, yes, for intergender wrestling, but it's not a super big one because, like you said, and like we pointed out with the whole Tessa Blanchard situation, there's only so far you can go with that before it stops becoming believable. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, we each got into wrestling because these are, yes, while they're scripted, these are scripted to look like fights that you are can believe in and get invested in. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm sorry, you and I both were in the agreement that you can't you can't legitimately, I mean, unless you're like China, who is uh, one of the few exceptions to the rule, you can't have a woman uh, be at the top of the, the, the food chain, so to speak, or make it believable to where she can hang with guys like a Kenny Omega all the time and things like that, because then it starts devaluing your product and makes it less believable. Nothing at least the girls, in but I'm just, in general, it's like, it just didn't seem real to be overpowered I think they were doing it was Kenny versus other girl, and she was they were doing like a like a test of strength kind of thing, and I, uh-huh. anyway, I was like test of strength, come right. on, that's that's. So this goes into what I was saying. This will segue right into this topic here. There was a news article that came out saying about how I don't know if you heard about this. Jim Cornette and Dave Meltzer uh, got into it like hardcore yeah. on Twitter, to where basically Jim Cornette said. Uh, which they've been friends, like Dave Melton yeah, and friends been friends forever. for 20 plus years. Yeah, they're not friends no more. Really? <laughs> yeah, because uh, the... Uh... Hold on a second. My dog's going crazy. Here. Sorry about that. I had to pause for a second because my dog was freaking out over whatever. So so what <laughs> happened? I didn't hear anything about this. So essentially, uh, the, the long story short is that most people know Jim Cornette has not been a fan of the Young Bucks nor Kenny Omega for ever and a day. Um, he thinks that what he likes to tag, he tagged the coin of play wrestling because basically what we were talking about just uh, the last segment where we were saying that you know wrestling's supposed to, yes, while it's scripted, it's supposed to be a believable encounter. Yeah. Um, whereas you know the Young Bucks especially, uh, while I'm not saying that they were the first to do it, but for this day and age, they capitalized on the whole, you know, the flippy dippies type of stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they yeah. made Cornette loves they, saying that. Oh yeah, they made that. Uh, they made that uh, that type of wrestling style popular here in the states, and then obviously it got eyes on New Japan and Ring of Honor and things like that. Well, Cornette's not a fan of that. Never has been. Oh, yeah. He thinks it's too. He thinks it's too scripted at that point, and thinks that it looks too fake. Because, and to his credit, there are some times where, yeah, you you watch and you're like, oh, that's you wouldn't do that in a real fight. Like, there's a, there's it's a couple true. times here recently on I mean, AEW where I've thought that people <laughs> may hate I me, but I like I like Jim Cornette's point of view. A lot of stuff. The funny part is, 
he's it's so crazy real quick. Jim Cornette's personality is so different because he's like an old school kind of guy. Old school right. old school wrestling, but he's super, super liberal. Yo, I know. That's it's, the crazy part mean. about it. You just don't see guys that are him that are old school, like to see old fighting, always things are done, but then he's yeah. liberal when it comes to politics. I just it's kind of interesting. It, it it is, but I guess you know you can think of this as that you know it's pro wrestling, so politics don't mean hardly shit unless you're doing backstage politicking. <laughs> but, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so he uh, <coughs> Dave. Uh, no, you good. In Dave's case, Dave has been trying to you know make make Cornette not become a fan, but at least see the fact that this day and age there's money to be made in that market because people. People will pay to see stuff like that, you know, and it's true. I mean, there's a reason we have AEW now, um, and he's sure. just saying he's like uh, Kenny Omega has been at the top echelon of pay-per-view buys. He main evented All Out. Um, he has main evented several of these different pay-per-views for just not AEW but New Japan as well, and has drawn money from it. Yeah. And so Dave's argument was like, listen, you can you can debate this all you want, but the thing is, whether you like it or not, this type of style is drawing money, and it ha and it has been drawing money for several years now. Whether or not you want to agree with the the style or not, you can't keep denying that this that this way of wrestling is one of the ways of today's wrestling. You can't and you can't say that they're not good because for me personally, I can agree that the Bucks didn't really showcase a whole lot of, uh, uh, I guess, theatrics, if you will. Like, they didn't know how to sell properly. They weren't doing stuff like that uh, very frequently. They have matured into incorporating that as part of their game. Like, to me, they do it very well. They do a very good blend of keeping to their style, but telling a story now in the process. Um, Kenny Omega is very good at that too, and that's all Dave's point was trying to make. And Cornette just was being Cornette and saying like mm. he's wrestled a kid and a doll oh, in I Japan, know. which is Jim, true. Jim Cornette he has. loves bringing that up. He like, I'm not but it's so you. old. I know. Like you can't. That's that's kind of like that's like a, you know an old uh, like an ex girlfriend <laughs> trying to bring back stuff that happened ten I know, years ago. But it's so funny though. Every time that's that's brought up by Kenny. I don't know why he holds that against Kenny so much. He always does. I don't either. But to me, it's like him just like trying to get jabs, and it's like it's almost like he knows what he's doing. Like he, you could tell, Maybe. he almost knows. He, he's smart. He's a smart freaking guy. Obviously, he's a very smart guy. But if he really feels that way about it, it's like, dude, you're gonna have to let this go eventually. It's so funny. Every time, man, he brings up Kenny Omega. Every time he brings that freaking match up. But uh, so what ha ended up happening? Uh, just basically, uh, he uh, in one of his tweets told Dave to lose his number and to f off, essentially. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's... knowing these two guys, it's a work for a while, and then later on they'll be cool. You never know. I mean, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know if I'll say it's a work because I mean, what would they be working to? Dave's that's not true. a not a wrestler, nor is he a promoter. So I don't see that being the case. But I'm kind of well, like you. We're I think talking about maybe... it. Every single side is going to talk about it. That's something. That's it's true. I mean, I could see that, you know, maybe after a few months has passed or something like that, they may try to reconvene and be yeah. like, listen, we can agree to disagree and just call it that. You know Yeah, I, mean? sad, I love Jim Cornette, but the sad part is he seems to fall out with people really easily. Oh, he's it's been his <laughs> attitude in person. There's a reason he's not on mainstream. He was the color commentator for the revived NWA 
and he lost his recent color commentary and job I because of a racial allegation. Listen the whole episode and stuff, and yeah, I know. I, I, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I gotta admit, it, I mean, yeah, you kind of deserve that one. You know, you the crazy can't, part you is, can't make the crazy a, part is, I really don't think Jim Cornette's actually a racist. I think he just no, so, he's not. I think he literally just said he's just so used to old school way of thinking and talking. He says those things, but mm-hmm. he's so liberal. And so forward thinking when it comes to different things. I just can't see him. It's action. like how do you not think of that? Yeah. 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 Like and and he tried to play it off in his in his uh covering saying that, you know, I was making a joke about just being hungry, not for not against black people or anything like that. I was like, Yeah, the problem is is that you said Ethiopia. You know what I mean? You specified a region that is predominantly but black and like African American African. You can't say that. I hundred percent agree with you, but it's like it sucks because like Comedians can get away with it. So exactly. somebody who's a color commentator, I'm not saying hardcore yes. like the N-word, that's too much. But like a comedian right. who wants shock factors, Jerry the Lawler, oh my gosh. He did, He said so many things like that. And plus women's, we all know this, women's stuff. I mean the women couldn't even wrestle. It's all about, oh, she's hot. Oh, she's puppies. And they couldn't even focus on the match. And I thought, right. I thought it was pretty ironic. It was at the uh, Royal Rumble. They had the women's match. And they brought Jerry mm-hmm. Lawler out to call it, or no? Oh, I know, right? I was right. thinking, this is like the opposite of any kind of progressive women match, because he's literally I, the reason why <laughs> the women's weren't taken seriously. Because instead of calling the match, them. Jr. Yes. And him would talk about how Jerry couldn't calm down because they're so hot. Exactly. So I and, found it pretty you're... ironic. I was gonna make a post about it on live on Twitter. Rumble was like, eh, I don't feel like catching any heat from Jerry Lawler fans. Well, and to your point on that too, there was a, a an interesting uh, an interesting note there also made about how um, what was it? Uh, uh, oh, the uh, the Santino Morella or the Santina Morella situation that took place. I did read a few days after that. Um, I guess some of the women that were in the Rumble match were actually upset because they had Santino take obviously a woman's spot. Uh, in the rumble, which is understandable. But you can't say but in that. that same... If he identifies as a woman, then you can't really say stuff. So they're wrong. Well, and then on top of that, to what makes it uh, what makes it even more funny is that they have uh, they had Nia Jax in the men's Royal Rumble last year. Yep. How you funny? Know? How funny? It's like you want to you want to try to do things one way, but then when you got to play ball and go the other way. Now all of a sudden there's an issue, and that's where I have my biggest issue with the society in general. You want to have it one way, mm-hmm. but then the second that it wants to go the other direction too, then it becomes a big uproar. You know, I'm like, makes you think you of that one song. Ha- you can't do that. Makes you think of that one song. Gonna do it one way. It's one way, one way. Nobody. Okay, sorry. My way or the highway. I mean, I haven't until now, but I mean, good job. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> my pre-workout's kicking in finally. Uh, good. My so coffee should be what kicking did you in watch this week? Minute. Were you able to catch up on everything? I sure was. Uh, I actually did not watch like the full SmackDown episode. I watched the clips on YouTube, though. Mm. Um, so obviously the big news so, that came out of Fidel Castro. Is, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm not really digging Fidel Castro on it here right now. What? Sami Zayn. He reminds me of Fidel Castro in his outfit. The little who? Sami Zayn. His little oh. hat, his little hat he has, the Fidel Castro hat, the green jacket. 
I'm just like, what is this? Is this? I mean, it's. I guess it's different, but it's like, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it still. Yeah, I'm not into the whole Nakamura Strowman storyline really at all. Um, I mean, it's cool. I, props I mean, to Strowman being Intercontinental Champion, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But but that being said, there's there's been a history of them not keeping those titles on big guys like that for long anyway. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Strowman loses it here in the next month, even before WrestleMania. Because even though Strowman's athletic and everything like that, I'm sorry, realistically, you can't, at least I have yet to see a big guy be able to carry the load of a championship like that, or even the championship for a long extended period of time. What? I, well, it's also amazing that somebody like Nakamura can't beat AJ Styles, but we can believe that he can beat Braun Strowman. <laughs> right. It's just odd. It's right. like they, they haven't built uh, Nakamura enough at all, and if they make Nakamura beat Strowman... It just makes Strowman look, you know, worse. I don't know. It's good they gave an IC title. That's great. You can tell he, he mm-hmm. really was excited for it, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like just giving it to him to shut him up for a while. Depending on how they do it. Now, if it's a situation where, um, like, if he just straight up loses, then, yeah, I don't see the point in them even taking the title off of uh, Nakamura in the first place. Yeah. But I mean, you can you can have it to where like you know Sammy's interfered, Cesaro's interfered. He's done it in a cheap way to where you still keep Strowman's uh, popularity intact. You don't kill his push really at all. Um, but you have to do it in that way. At that point, Nakamura has to cheat in order to beat Strowman to make it believable, and not for Strowman to lose any momentum he may have right now. What are what are we feeling about uh, Ray Ripley calling uh, Charlotte Flair out pretty much, which is actually pretty love it. It's pretty exciting. You you watch NXT too? Mm-hmm. Charlotte I, Flair. I, I was did. N- Charlotte I did. Okay, um, I did not. The only thing I I missed was um, I actually did miss uh, Charlotte's promo, but obviously okay. I did so get the general. Case somebody didn't watch SmackDown. Was SmackDown SmackDown right? No, no. SmackDown Friday. Uh-huh. Is that no? I'm saying that's when Charlotte Flair or Ray Ripley came out. SmackDown or uh, that was Monday on Raw. So on Raw, Ray Ripley came came come out came, came out. Oh my gosh, I'm tired. Came out. <laughs> came out. Basically, told Charlotte Flair, "You want to challenge somebody? Challenge me for the NXT title." Which sounds actually because she's beating everybody. Beating everybody she's else, she's beating actually, Becky. She's beating Bailey. It's a pretty badass concept. And then Charlotte Flair comes out on NXT. Does the same thing mm. except um, her. Uh, Ray Ripley and Bianca Belair didn't take nicely and beat her up. But um, I don't know. I, I really think it's cool. I just really hope Charlotte Flair doesn't go over on Ray Ripley on NXT and becomes NXT Women's Champion. Be odd. I, mean, you think, I don't know. Was it be, just, I don't know. I don't want to see Ray Ripley with Charlotte Flair. It's odd. Uh, I do. I want to see because they were no, when Ray it, Ripley. I want to see Ray lose it to Charlotte Flair. Oh, I see. I got you. Um, yeah, as a match in general, Rhea Ripley, when she first got signed to WWE, a lot of people compared her natural athleticism to that of Charlotte Flair. They said she was just, she was straight up a natural with it. She, her body movement was great. Like she knew how to handle herself. So in that perspective, I am looking forward to seeing the two of them go at it. Um, when it comes to the actual result of the match, um, I'm kind of with you. Granted, while I think it wouldn't be a bad thing if Charlotte Flair ended up winning the NXT title, because then you, you could bring her over to NXT. Charlotte Flair. I'm sorry. Do you think this helped NXT? NXT doesn't yes. need help. 
but no, that's but that's exactly my well, point. Would it raise the caliber it, up of the title? I guess. I think so because if Charlotte Flair does win, and this is this is all an if and win factor. Uh, if and win, sorry, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> uh, it's kind of the same concept as when they took Finn Balor and put him back on NXT. Charlotte Flair was brought up. I'm not a fan. I, I, I loved it um, because they weren't doing anything with him on. I on get the, main the concept, roster. man, but it's like I don't know. They it's would never, they would never do though. that to like a Rock or a Stone Cold. Why would they do it to a freaking somebody who's supposed to be up there in the future? But they just destroyed him. Well, Keep going. Because, because unfortunately, uh, WWE main roster side of things didn't see Finn Balor as anything at all. Um, But that being said, I'll go back to the point with Finn here in a second. But with Charlotte in this case, while I don't see it happening, like I'm kind of with you, I don't see them putting Charlotte over Rhea when it comes to going to Mania. I still think Rhea Ripley will, will win, and actually that'll do better for NXT as well. But if they do hypothetically go the route of putting the title on Charlotte, I don't think it's a bad thing, because I do think it will continue to raise NXT stock, um, much to the same chagrin like I was saying with Balor going back to NXT, because the thing that allowed for Finn was it allowed Finn to go heel, which he hadn't ever done in WWE, and he's brought back the Prince persona. Yeah, and it's like I was. That's a, that's a good point, I guess. And I made a point of this on Twitter when um, they were doing the. Uh, it was the night, the day after Worlds Collide, that with Finn going back to NXT and establishing this heel character and calling himself the Prince again and establishing himself as the Prince. You've now got two distinct characters, much to the same chagrin as what Bray Wyatt does with the Fiend and Bray Wyatt. Because when uh, when Finn Balor is out of makeup, he's the the prince who is just a ruthless fighter, and that now has some attachment to Finn. And then when he puts the paint on, he goes from the prince to the king, as in the Demon King. So it, it's a good foil of saying I've got my regular side, if you will, but he's called the prince when I need the war paint. He's the Demon King, so he goes from prince to king, and I think it's a it's a good character development. I think for Finn, and when he does eventually, I think come back to the main roster, they can utilize that much better, and especially if they do it against the Fiend. How about Prince Pretty versus Prince Deviate? Uh, I mean, I think they've kind of done that already, but I mean, let's face it, Tyler Breeze, unfortunately, oh I gosh, like Tyler Breeze, have. but he's an enhancement talent. They have, haven't they? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well. I wouldn't say an enhancement talent, man. He's had times where you could see he has momentum. Like, he was like a John Morrison. Like, he had that... He wasn't mm-hmm. all the way up there, but he was enough to where mm-hmm. crowds chanted him, crowds loved him, so I don't say he's an enhancement talent. But, I mean, Back, now, in, back now in his original you... NXT run, yes. Oh, but... yeah. Everybody starts there somewhere, man. Yeah, but, I mean, he's... As, as they keep tagging him on NXT commentary, they call him the NXT OG, mm-hmm. uh, which is true. He was. He, he was part so of one of the original still, crazy. Do I? He looks so young to be an OG, you know. I know it's it's true, but I mean, it, I I think Tyler, I think the world of Tyler Breeze. I think he could be a yeah. huge character and a huge player. The problem is, is I think at this point he's just like I said, he's an enhancement talent for WWE now, um, even on the NXT brand because that was kind of like a revival to a degree. But then uh, with uh, uh, Fandango getting hurt again, and this time he's going to be out for a year. They threw Tyler Breeze into the cruiserweight division, which is not a—it's not a kill shot by any means. But 
it's not doing him any favors of staying relevant. He's only staying in the eye of people. He's not he's not a worthy challenger. He's not being viewed as a credible champion type of situation or a credible challenger to the champion. That's what I mean. He's an enhancement talent. He's not going to be viewed as anything more than a good hand right now. So how do we feel about Becky Lynch versus Asuka again a year later? Boring, old, let's do something new. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not a... And I hate saying this, but I agree with what Corey Graves' assessment was about Becky Lynch right now, is that she's grown stale. Like, I don't... Well, I'm we not said a that fan too last Miami. week. Do I? I think we both said that last week, or two weeks ago. Yeah, and I, and I still don't Corey feel Graves any different. Mm-hmm. When? Mm-hmm. He, he did it on their uh, that After the Bell podcast that he has. Oh, okay. Um, he said it on the not this past week's podcast, um, but the week prior. He said, is it just me, or does it seem like the crowd is starting to kind of sour to the man? And He's that's what he went into his just pissed off because Carmella's not getting pushed, but now she is. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> even if that was the case, Carmella's on a different brand, so it doesn't matter. Hey, um, that's true. But... Um, I, I felt that way about Becky a long time. Like I think Becky had good momentum for a while. It's just I don't I don't know how you resurrect it. I think it has grown stale, and I don't know how um, you bring it back. I don't know. It's almost like I'm not sure if they're feeding her lines because I feel like they're not really. But I don't, I don't think they are. I, I yeah I think she personally doesn't know how to take it to the next step. Maybe she needs somebody in there to coach her a little bit, like a Stone Cold or something. To hey. You need to do this because Stone Cold never stayed Stone Cold the whole way through. He had many right. times he went comical, he went evil, he churned ECW. There's so many things he realized. I mean, obviously his stuff was he went years and years before he had to change. That's how over right. Stone Cold was. Right. I mean, you know, he had, well, and even when they mm-hmm. go ahead. No, 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 go. I was going to say to your to your point there. Even when they they did uh, try something different with Stone Cold when he did the heel turn in two thousand one after so many years I of being babyface, I mean it was it was great and everybody he made it hated work. it. I loved it. I, a lot of people hated his his heel run. Now for me personally, I I'm like you. I enjoyed it because he was able to do a little bit more comedy. Yes, and we got to see he was so side. funny. My God, he, sheriff, he was. was so I love the, the sheriff part. He wasn't even that of a heel anymore by that point. And no, but I mean that that didn't come for a couple of years after. But okay. for his but for his initial turn, um, I agree that at first I didn't know what was going to happen with it because with Stone Cold he was such a good babyface, and they tried to make him like almost to the same lines of what they've always made Triple H as a ruthless villain type of thing. And we've seen that before, but we didn't want to boo Stone Cold, and he was still doing what some fans thought were cool things. So the heel the heel turn didn't work in that aspect. But in the other aspect of establishing another dimension to the Stone Cold character with the comedy and then also the birth of the what chant, oh yeah, it sent him into a whole other uh, atmosphere at that point. So should we... You know, this is the problem with this, this podcast. Uh, we wake up so early, and by the time we start it, we're kind of slow. <laughs> People probably think the pace of this show is always the first 10 minutes. But right now, I'm like all like into it right now. So with Becky Lynch, I would think with her boy being a heel now, be uh, Seth mm-hmm. Rollins, what if right. she turned heel? Is it too early to turn her heel? Because I feel like it's almost like it'd be cool if somehow she was a part of Seth Rollins' Messiah thing. 
you know, I, I, I can kind of see that somewhere down the line of like kind of turning her into almost like his, you know, again, going off of biblical terms here of, <laughs> of her being like his Mary Magdalene type of thing. Oh, God, they um, couldn't do that on Fox. Maybe do it on a... <laughs> Well, luckily they're not on Fox. I know, Fox, I'm saying they could be on USA. They, but here's the thing, they transition once in a while. They couldn't be selling his merch on SmackDown, though, like t- <laughs> Well, it could, and, and it depends on how you go because it can go one of two ways. Obviously, we saw what happened with uh, with CM Punk when he yeah. did the Straight Edge Society gimmick, and that was over like Roman well, you know, faction. I, it was. It, I thought it was great. Yeah, that's the only thing I have a problem with uh, the whole Monday Night Messiah gimmick with Rollins is that it's almost a blatant ripoff of the Straight Edge Society minus the Straight Edge factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so many even things before even the Straight Edge Society. There's been things like that. It's not the first time done. It's it's not the first time that obviously we could always go back to the ministry as well as being oh, exactly. a, a good. I mean, I think CM Punk made it conditions. You're a CM Punk fan. It stood out more mm-hmm. to you, and it did seem more defined. It did seem more defined because CM Punk is so good on the mic. It gave the whole society a nice like structure. It felt like a real well thing. that yeah that, but also it was more reality based too. Because I mean, let's face it, we knew the ministry was a, just a. You know, it's it's kind of like a, a a flash and flare certain thing. You know what I mean? They they were running with the Undertaker, feeling like he's got these truly demonic powers. Which yes, it worked fine, um, and it still fit the character. But with Punk and the Society, he was legitimately like bringing up good points, like with alcohol addiction, pill addiction, yeah, things like that. So he was he was taking what like you had said has been done a million times in other aspects. But he added the actual reality uh, element to it, which is why I think the society stood out so much. Um, I don't, I don't have that feeling with uh, with Rollins just yet. But to your point, they tried to turn Becky heel in this original gimmick change anyway as the man, and people loved it. So it still counteracted what they tried to do. Yeah, I mean, what I love about not super love, but I do enjoy a little bit of it. What they're doing with Rollins right now is because he doesn't have a title. He has, yes, he does. He has tag titles. Oh well, I'm saying like I said, like a. You, are you talking about like a major title. singles title? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean like I a singles you. title. I forgot him and Murphy. Or sorry, buddy. Oh, no, which, Murphy. Which, no, Dang. it's just Murphy. Oh God, <laughs> I'm gonna mess this up forever. Which, by the way, I still have a problem with them putting the tag titles on Murphy and Rollins when they actually have a tag team in this stable. Doesn't make sense, but you know what? None. I mean. It's just the tie Murphy into the whole click. That's what it is. I I agree. I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up forever. I'm gonna call him Buddy it's forever now. <laughs> I already know it's gonna happen. Um, what else? What else stood out to me this week? Uh, I did watch everything this week, which is pretty rare for me to catch up on Raw, SmackDown, uh, NXT, and I also watched Dark uh, some most of Dark, uh, AEW. Mm-hmm. But this was all last night too. So I did. I was up late last night. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, If you, uh, did you watch the, the more recent AEW Dynamite episode with Cody and MJF? I did not. I think I saw a clip, but I watched AEW Dark this week, but not the actual main show. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now, for those that saw it and watched it, you know, we've, we've seen, and ECW, of course, did the whole, you know, Singapore Kane thing uh, back then when they had uh, Tommy Dreamer and Sandman, where Dreamer lost and he took... I don't know how many cane shots to the back. They didn't have a set number. Did Whereas you say cane? One... Oh, sorry. I was on cue the cane Velasquez music. <laughs> but we don't know what it is, so it wouldn't matter. 
Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, this time around, obviously they had a, they were using a, a leather belt strap and, or a leather strap, if you will, and they said ten lashes was part of the stipulations that MJF had set forth on Cody to say if you want to match with me because I cost you the title and cost you your shot of ever being champion, this is one of your stipulations you have to go through. So we've seen we've seen people take you know lashes with belts before and things like that. I have to admit, though. I feel like I watched this. I feel so the last, like I watched was, this, I, man. Yeah, I want to say this was. Um, I want to say it was like the last was it this ten or fifteen or minutes. This it was on this week's episode. Um, I think so I, I want to watch this because I remember their whole backs being completely messed up. Yeah, it was like I. I don't really feel uncomfortable watching stuff like that. And I gotta admit, yeah, I the way that Cody and MJF have structured uh, that segment, it, it's cringeworthy. Like after about the the fourth shot that he took, he took with that belt, you could really see because he hit him in the same spot, nonetheless, or roundabouts the same area. You could see the pink and the bruise just start the whelp on his back start forming, and it just is like it. I mean, for those that have been hit with a leather strap before, whether by you know, I know accident I know, or, I know. or punishment, <laughs> um, it's it hurts like it's it's no joke like it it stings like a bow, mm-hmm. and yeah, by the time they were done, I got to admit it was it was kind of is is kind of cringeworthy. It made you when you were watching all these ten lashes go down, it was like, damn, like this is actually pretty like yeah, I did see clips. Oh. Nothing about it. I'm clips. Yeah, every time Travis hits me with a leather belt, I'm just like, oh, that hurts, but do it more. Is <laughs> that like, thank you, sir, I have another situation? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, I did say your name, so it's weird that you laughed about it and say that, hey, that's fruity. Uh, <laughs> what else this week, Trav? I've been called uh, worse. That's true. <laughs> um, oh, uh, how, are you, how are you digging Undisputed beating the hell out of Ciampa? Uh, um, you mean Champa? Say every time, God. If anybody listens, you keep wanting to say Ciampa. If anybody listens to this podcast, uh, they don't the, think you're a real fan because you I can't know. pronounce the name right. That's the crazy part, and here's the weird part. I do this with people like your girlfriend, who I've known. I've known your girlfriend Travis longer than I've known you. I've known yeah. you. I've known you more personally, obviously, but right. even Kristen's name for some reason I read it. How do I read it? Kirsten, <laughs> I, weird, I, have, I have no idea why I have this weird thing with names when I read it. I, I just cannot say it correctly. I forget which is the print. <laughs> print. I swear, it's weird. Um, but, oh, yeah, so um, the reason why I know Travis's girlfriend, I went to high school with her, so that sounds weird. I think we've said that on here a couple just times. Just in case now. we have new fans, I, decided I don't want to think we're doing weird <laughs> stuff over here in Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't share. <laughs> so... Uh, how, what do you think about it? I mean, you think it's a cool little thing? I mean, uh... I mean, it's definitely a, the way that they're building for Champa and Cole at yeah. the Takeover event next week, which is yeah, I think it's going to be a good event um, on that same card. I, I think Gargano and Balor is going to steal the epic show, but that's just my opinion. Um, but, this whole setup, though, this time around, though, was bringing back Velveteen Dream, which I which... thought was a good idea. Man, I freaking love it. I'm glad you brought it up. That was pretty great return. I just mm-hmm. didn't like the fact that one guy, no matter how strong he is or how excited he is, can take on five guys at the same time. 
A little I mean, believable. I, I know, I know Stone Cold used to do it and all stuff, but it's like, now that I'm older, it's like, ah, five guys at one time, big guys too. We're not talking about just small little Rey Mysterio guys. We're talking about some, you know, beefy right. guys. But whatever. I mean, I, you know me, I've always loved Double T Dream, so I really enjoyed his return. Um, yeah. Who do you think he's going to fight first? Roderick Strong. Okay. Matter of fact, I think that's probably going to be one of the matches that they throw on the card on this upcoming uh, episode of NXT this week. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, his day, his uh, return match, excuse me, is going to be slated for the uh, the NXT Portland Takeover show next Sunday. Oh, that um, quick. Just put, yeah, yeah. This is the first time though that the Takeover has actually been on a Sunday, so they're putting it on the same kind of pedestal level as they do their pay per views by giving it its own day. Besides a Saturday, it's on a Sunday. So I mean, Velveteen Dreams in shape as hell. He, he has been. He's always been. He's shape. always been in shape. Even back when, yeah, even back when he was on uh, the Tough Enough, the season of Tough Enough, he did. Yep. He was one of the ones that was cut, and here he is now. And the person that that won the damn thing isn't even in the company anymore. I you just, know, Tough I Enough just has always, always been that way. I just always think it's like, is Vince ever really going to push Velveteen Dream if he comes to Raw or SmackDown? I mean, I just probably not. I just can't see it. Vince obviously doesn't push African Americans automatically. Kofi was thank God for the fans, but then you have a guy who's not necessarily um, your average dude. <laughs> to put it nicely, he's almost like a gold dust, but a little more, even more feminine. And I just can't see Vince. A little actually, bit. I actually can't see Vince like taking him seriously, and it sucks. Cause I freaking love Velveteen. I just I like think he's so, I do too. He's so different. I think it's a great, like you said, it's it's. Almost an updated version of uh, of Goldust. Now, I still I'm one that's very still like I don't like the name Velveteen Dream at all. I really don't. I think uh, eventually they'll probably just drop it to Dream. I could see that. I would I would actually prefer to go the other way and drop Velveteen? it and just call him Velveteen. Mm-hmm. And that's too hard mm-hmm. to say, and it sounds like it's some I don't know cake, like an actual cake. Well, and cake. you I mean you could always shorten it to Vel if you wanted to. Or how about the V Dream? Um, v or V D? Uh, yes. How about a V D? There you go. Velveteen or V team, yeah. Here comes I mean, VD. Yes, you could. VD, you know, VD means right. Yes, okay. I know what that Venereal is. disease, people. <laughs> yes, thank you for those that didn't Some know. Some people may not know it's an old term, man. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I no, read... I actually, I like the idea of uh, like if he went by just one name. I kind of like Velveteen, just strictly because I mean they kind of shorten it that way anyway. Um, and we know that WWE pretty much does that anyway. I just I'm, I've never been a big fan of the name. I don't like Velveteen Dream specifically. I just I don't know why. I just it's it's never it's never been that thing where it's like oh that stands out. it stands yeah. out for sure. But it's not like it keeps me. No, I do. Like, I do know. Oh, what that's you're a killer name. I do know what you're saying though. Yeah. Um, and I, it goes right in line with like what Goldust was. Just like what we were how comparing. About te- how to. about Teen Dream? No. How about Damn, because Velveteen as a the name by itself doesn't sound good. Dream I can see it being decent, but Velveteen here comes Velveteen. So like, is he a Velveteen cake? What is he? I don't know. It just sounds weird. Well, like I said, like I just made the comparison here. I mean, we kind of thought the same thing back in the day with Goldust too. You know, Goldust and... is like one word. It's like a different thing. It's like it's what I mean. It's I don't know Velveteen. It just sounds odd. What was Goldust doesn't have a secondary name to Goldust. It wasn't the you know. You know, I don't know. No, it was. It was yellow, you're right. It was dust. just. It was just gold dust. But it's essentially two words that were just mashed together: gold yeah, and dust. Okay. If, yeah. it was, if it was like, if it was like dream dust, 
I'd be down for it just because it sounds like, okay, I can know what that is. It's like it's some weird guy who personifies, you know, whatever, a dream and dust. But Velveteen... See, and I feel like... Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you shorten it to Velveteen, it still keeps the essence of the character there, and it still is unique enough to where you can still yeah, merchandise it. Compared you know to, what I mean? Compared to the generic word dream, that's a good point. Right, exactly. It makes him stand out. And it still gives him that... To me, Velveteen fits the persona and character. I honestly think more so than calling him Velveteen Dream. Just call him Velveteen. And I think it still has a good ring to it. Well, since we're already on Velveteen Dream, I hate to compare the two. But what do you think about Sunny Kiss? Uh, you know, Sunny Kiss is much different from Velveteen Dream. Um, and I you say can this, see that. bring it up, because they're both African American and they're both like a, like a, a little bit of a feminine quality type of but character. But Sunny is too. obviously way more feminine. I just wanted to know what you thought obviously. about it. Uh, I do. I do think there you can make a couple similarities with them, but honestly, outside of the the feminine quality type of characteristics that they portray at times, that's kind of the starting and ending point between the comparisons. Because when you look at Sunny Kiss, there's a lot that Sunny does in his offense that is way more suggestive <laughs> than what Velveteen does, well, and he sticks a lot more with the feminine characteristics. Yeah, yeah. I just, um, for his gimmick. I just not a fan. I just not a fan. It's too comical. It's too. It's I think so too. too. That's how I feel. It's about almost it. like a Santino Morello. You almost cannot take it seriously because it's so comical. Like when you're in a serious match and he's like, he's like leg splitting on the dudes and pinning them. Like I saw this week. I'm like, and it's just. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm just an old school person. It's hella athletic. I'm sure Tyler Byrne loves this stuff. But you know, sorry Tyler. <laughs> but you know, it is not. Not my cake. Uh, Velveteen, I love just because he can be more serious. But Sonny, which mm-hmm. I hate comparing the two because, like you said, they're really not the same besides a couple attributes. But um, mm-hmm. I just, I've always wanted to talk, uh, ask you about Sonny. We've never talked to him, her, him before. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm the first to say that I think Sonny Kiss is very, very athletic. Like, oh, no yeah. joke. He's, he's, he's a, he's a player. Like, like no, no questions about it. But. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I feel like it's more of a comedic gimmick right now, and uh, I would I would I would prefer to see what Sunny Kiss can do with a little bit more serious edge, you know? Because right now I'm like you, I see it as a joke. I don't see it as being anything that will ever be like a championship quality type of character, and and this is not a dig towards the actual athleticism. Like I said, Sunny Kiss is athletic as hell. Oh yeah, but. But when it comes to characterization and being a champion and being a name on the marquee type of thing, aside from just the shock factor that he can do with certain things, shock. it's Sorry. it's not it's it's not going to draw anything. I agree with At that. At least I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Oh, the return of Ruby Riot. Oh, very very which, good. Very it was good. good. I just don't like how for some reason. I don't know. I just <coughs> It's cool that she wouldn't heal cuz she definitely needed to signify what she was. What are you looking at? Your cat, your dog? I hear I hear noises like some loud banging so I was just making sure everything's cool. Yeah, noises <laughs> in your head. So, I just wasn't a fan of her um You know why I'm stalling right now? Cuz I completely forgot who she attacked. What's their blonde girl's name? Oh my god. Liv Morgan. Oh, see, and I love Liv and I have her on my profile picture. Apparently my, not. I literally have her on my wallpaper on my on my tablets. 
So. <laughs> okay. I'm it. I swear. I'm bad with names. I swear to God, it's a weird problem I have. So pronouncing, remembering. <laughs> I, I don't even remember Travis's name half the time. So I wasn't a fan of Liv Morgan becoming like, like a face. Like I hope I thought the whole point of this was she's trying to be more heel, a little, a little more heel, a little more dark. And I wasn't a fan right. of like Ruby becoming the heel and and Liv becoming like the oh I'm already being beat up even though I just came back as a revamp character. What do you think? Well, I I like that they are now distancing because the whole idea behind Ruby coming back as the heel in this in this obviously uh, soon to be created story between the two of them yeah, is of uh, one they needed to get away from the Lana angle because honestly the the Lana angle fell flat. There's no, there was no saving that. And even Dave Meltzer said it on his uh, Wrestling Observer. He said, you could have Liv Morgan wrestle Lana 17 or 700 times, and each and every time it's not going to be any better than what we've seen already. It's just, it's not. Um, they've had a chance. They've had, I think, three different chances to try to get this thing going. It sucks all three times. Um, and honestly, <laughs> sorry for Lana fans, uh, yeah. Liv deserves better. Lana's Lana's not that good when it like her ring work is decent, but she's not that good of a character. It's crazy. Lana's she's not like Liv. Uh, Liv is a very like she's underrated. Like she doesn't get a lot of praise for her actual in ring work. She has evolved quite a bit from her NXT days. So um, the idea behind this is putting her with Ruby, who obviously is very seasoned and well traveled before she even got to WWE. And obviously there's a built-in story there with the former Riot Squad members. And they even have Sarah Logan on Raw now, too. So I wouldn't be surprised to see something interact with all three of them. Um, but I think this is good for Liv because she's working with somebody that she knows, somebody that can bring out her best attributes and knows how to work with her to make the matches look good. So I honestly think this is a good pairing of bringing uh, Riot back as the heel because right now there's still fans that are that are in Liv's corner. So you need to capitalize on this still while you still have them. They're not there's not there's not as much intrigue or interest because like you and I have said before and like you just said a few minutes ago, you thought it was going to be more of a dark character as did I. I always was hoping obviously as a lot of people were for the Bray gimmick to have something to do with it. Yeah. Um, but that being said, there's still a chance that you can get Liv over as a face with what they're doing now. And I think this is the right step to do so, is uh, pairing her with Riot. Okay, well, I'm nice um, putting it into perspective for us all, sir. Um, You're welcome. What did we think of Ricochet and, and the whole Brock Lesnar thing? Ricochet obviously won the right to face him. So, which I actually was shocked about that. By I know. Way. What were we talking last week about Ricochet not being pushed as much or kind of getting hurt a lot? Like some something along those lines. Yeah. But also in the fact he was a Paul Heyman guy too. So Paul Heyman loves him and is trying to get him to a to That's a superstar good. standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, but in my honestly, I thought and it looked like it was going to go this way for a minute. I honestly thought they were going to do Bobby Lashley. I thought we were going to finally get Lashley versus Lesnar at Super Showdown, and I really would have loved that, in all honesty. Uh, because really? even I think Heyman said he wants to do that, too. Really? So I was like, oh. You want to see Lashley versus Lesnar? I'd love to see it. They're literally making Lashley lose, like, half his matches. They're going to go against somebody who dominates well, everybody. Thing. Here's the thing. They are trying now to, obviously, now that they're done with the Rusev story, they're trying to build Lashley back to being a credible challenger 
and hopefully uh, with Paul Heyman backing Lashley because Le- Heyman likes Lashley. So hopefully they can get him to the point where he was when, like I said, for those that have yet to do so, go watch Bobby Lashley during his TNA tenure over this last decade. He's a good heel. He works solid. He knows how to place himself. And if they can get Lashley back to where he was at that time and do it in WWE, Lashley is a very credible heel and a very credible challenger if they play the cards right. Um, that being said, going with Ricochet still makes sense because Ricochet, most people had pointed out, you can say helped contributed to Lesnar being eliminated in the Rumble. So for storyline purposes, uh, Ricochet low-blowed Lesnar, which set up the Claymore for Drew to eliminate Lesnar. So even though Drew gets the credit, it was Ricochet's action of the low blow that set that up in the first place. True. So, so I'm, I'm, glad so you brought, it, I'm glad you brought up the Claymore. What do you think about... Uh, you watch you watch Raw, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, he freaking—they make him so dominant, which is good, but that's almost that's almost like creating a heel. <laughs> it, it, it's it's not though, and here's okay. and here's why because I had the same fear Explain. that you did too. It's a, it, it's the same thing I worried about too, but I know what they're trying to do. Um, le, uh, right now, Drew's getting over as a as a face. You can see it. He's getting more people behind him every single week. Like I honestly was not a fan of him counting down the Claymore, you know, from the three, two, one sort of thing. I was not a fan of that personally, but now he's doing it more, and he's getting more people doing it, and people are actually taking him seriously as a credible challenger because when you look at him on paper, he's a credible challenger for Brock Lesnar. He looks like he's built just like him. He's got big size. He's the same height, if not maybe I think a, maybe an inch taller than he is. Like, the goal from this point until WrestleMania is to make Drew seem like he is on the exact same level. So you have to do stuff like this in order to get him there. So, And I think it's going to work because I I can honestly see the way this WrestleMania is, is taking shape right now, this could end up being one of the better WrestleManias when it comes to a card standpoint. I think so. Um, That's good. I think so. I really do think so. Because um, I think Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar is going to be a good... I actually think will be a good match. Um, story purpose-wise, I think it'll be a very good match leading into it. Um, I think the prospect of Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley is really good. Um, and then I read somewhere yesterday, which brings out the uh, the fan in me for many reasons and you'll already know this have you did you hear the latest rumor for a wrestlemania match involving the undertaker uh no okay so i think this might be a good one that we'll start winding the show down on um sting is been rumored to be in talks with wwe they're gonna make sting lose again in a second wrestlemania match jesus here's the thing here's the thing while I'm like you, and I agree that Sting losing again Makes look Sting as a look fan, as a fan of Sting's, I do see that too. However, Sting himself has gone on record as saying, at this point in my career, I don't really care about wins or losses. I care about the match, and I care about the story to get to the match. Because if you can sell the story, it really doesn't matter who wins or loses in this point. And if you have, let's say this happens, right? Let's say they announce Sting versus Taker. 
you already have two guys that neither one of them has anything to lose because they're both legends. So there's nothing really to gain whether you win, and there's nothing you're going to lose if you lose. It's just a match between two legends. The rumor is is that they were planning on bringing Sting back for Super Showdown, and that they were going to build to a story starting at the Royal Rumble. Well, that didn't happen, obviously. But they said there has been serious talks, and apparently Sting has been medically cleared by WWE doctors to wrestle one more match. And Sting has said he wants one he he only wants one more match, and then he wants to call it a career period, and that's with Taker. Oh um, my god! It's like you okay. It's like you make Taker lose. What the hell? WrestleMania Taker's losing again. You make Sting lose second WrestleMania ever. It makes all WCW fans, Sting fans, think, "What's the point of this? Even if it's cheated, even if somebody comes out to mess Sting up and make him lose, I just know you're also a bigger Sting fan." Obviously, that I haven't mm-hmm. been, but it's like I don't want to see Taker. I don't want to see Taker lose it, and I don't want to see Sting lose. So where do we go right. from there? A draw? Uh, no. Um, while I think the, I mean, it's WWE, so it's not like that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility <laughs> yeah. for something like that to happen. Um, in this instance, it would be more so of this is the attraction match. You know what I mean? This is just the match that people didn't think, and especially at this point, they don't think will ever happen. And I'm still in that same camp. So until they until it's officially announced, I, I'm saying it's not going to happen. Um, but if it does, I'm okay with it because it's an attraction match. Like I said, there's nothing to there's nothing that either one of them will lose nor gain from winning or losing the match. Period. They're both legends. This is just strictly a chance to say, hey, we've got two of the all-time greats in wrestling. Period. Obviously, the conscience of what was once WCW, and then obviously the conscience of WWE. You finally get to put these two characters against each other because people really wanted that more so for the theatrics. They want it for the theatrical story build that you can do with it for mm-hmm. both characters. So it's not even the match itself is going to end up being secondary if it happens to the actual buildup. The build-up will be good. The build-up will be nice. Like People will get behind it as the attraction match. And then when it comes to the actual match, it might be decent. Like, And I say decent as in like you've got two guys who obviously are in their 50s and one is in the, even in his 60s. Right. So they're not going to be able to go like full board like they used to when they were younger. But you can get a decent match out of these two because they know how to work. You know what I mean? They know how to play off of the crowd. They know the moves and the spots that they would need to hit to make it look like a fun match. Um, it definitely wouldn't be a, a Taker versus Goldberg situation. Uh, I do think Sting versus Taker could still be a money-drawing match that people can still invest in. But it has to be. It has to be like. It would have to be this year because the rumors are too like there's the rumors too big at this point. Uh-huh. Um, and and if it's true, well, I know if this you is all true, out, this is the year to do it. I know you would freak out, but who would you go for? Like, I mean, it, it, let, 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 let's put it this way: if both guys were at the top of their game back in the day, who would you go for? Because <laughs> Taker's always been your number one. I thought. He's not, no, no, Sting and Shawn Sting. Michaels have always been my oh, okay. top two. Sting, I always forget uh, if it's Sting or Taker. But that being said, Taker has always been in my tops. So yes, I will say that Taker or Shawn um, Michaels. But, Oh, Sean overtaker every day. Really? Uh, wow. Yep. Always has been. Always has been. Anybody who um, reps Texas more than once a week has Travis's freaking uh, vote. 
but uh, to who would I go for? It would be Sting 100%. Now, if we're talking in their prime, like you just mentioned, um, and let's also do the hypothetical and say that the streak was still intact at this point, that would be really hard. Like, it would be Ooh, really hard for me that's to a good, That's a to, great to factor. Yeah. That would be that would be hard to say who would who would I want to win? Would I want the streak to continue? Yeah. Or would I want Sting to end it? Because that would I be. I mean, if anybody, that would, would, be the, if anybody would end it, I wouldn't mind being Sting, especially over Brock Lesnar. Right. Personally. Right. <laughs> but then again, there then you'd have people that would argue about how well why did Sting have to be the one to do it? Because you know. Old school wrestling mentality would be that that would need to go to a guy who could benefit from it, like who could build his legacy off of ending the streak. A la, just as an example, uh, let's say Brock Lesnar didn't do it and Roman Reigns did it. Roman Reigns was still he's still an active guy, so he could he could earn something from beating the streak. People didn't see it the same way with Brock Lesnar. I still see it, and I thought it was worth the investment. Looking back at it now, I think it was very. I think it was, even though I wasn't a fan of it at that time, I don't have as much problem with it now as I did back then. Um, but yeah, if the streak was still intact, that would be a hard one. That would be extremely difficult for me to say who I would want to win. But now that that's, the streak isn't a factor, I'd pick Sting all day long. Um, so, I think, oh, Super Showdown, that was yesterday or that's next week? Super Showdown isn't until the end of February. Oh, so I am off my game as usual. That's what makes me me. 27th, as a matter of fact. It's Thursday the 27th. Um, and, of course, the, the main event, quote-unquote, has been announced thus far. And it's The Fiend versus Goldberg for the Universal title. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, if they d- they're going to make Goldberg win it. No, they won't. <laughs> Oh my no, god! No. I just—they do these things, Travis. They do these things. Just wait and see. I hope not. I hope you're and right. Here's the funny thing about it, though. Of a lot of comments that I've read online about this match so far, a lot of people want Goldberg to win. And I'm what? like, why? Why? Are you serious? Seriously, no joke. Go go to the Facebook page for WWE and watch the, the little video clip they show of Goldberg and Bray Wyatt having their confrontation. Read some of the comments. People are like, oh, I hope Goldberg wins. Oh, I hope Goldberg wins. Like, what? Like, really? Like, at the, first off, it's not going to happen. The Fiend's going to beat Goldberg because they have invested too much time and there's it's too close to WrestleMania right now for the fiend to lose. If anything, and I'm just saying this, and if it does happen, I, you heard it from me first, but most people will probably guess this too. It's probably going to be Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns, and Roman's going to topple the fiend for the first time. Probably what's going to happen. Oh, God. I love Roman, but I just want to see. I want to see Bray built like Hunter Dicker. I want to see him yeah. built super strong. Nobody can beat him. Have a nice, like, almost a year-long reign. I wouldn't mind it. That's what I mean. That's what they did with Taker when Taker first debuted. Was he had a year, uh, year-long undefeated really? streak? Which granted, I it, that. it wasn't. It wasn't like a like a they were keeping a record like what Goldberg's was. But yeah, Taker I believe was undefeated for I his first year. His first loss, I believe, uh, Taker's first loss was to Hulk Hogan in a WWE title match. As a matter of fact, so. 
I believe that was, uh, I believe that's the case. I mean, we can go back and people on uh, Twitter and Facebook, all that, you can fact check me if you want to because I could be wrong about it. But I believe Taker was undefeated for his first year, won his first WWE title against Hulk Hogan a year later at Survivor Series from the time he debuted. And then he lost it a couple days earlier at a Tuesday in Texas event. And I only know that because it was it's on a Hulk Hogan DVD that I own. So I watched the match. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Let's see, Travis. Last thing. Let's go into our personal time. Top five stuff. Do you have any uh, top five favorite stuff to talk about real quick? Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't think of one right off the bat, but mm. probably because this one, uh, I just watched uh, the new movie that came out uh, on Friday, Kristen and I did for our Friday night. Um, what would you say are your top five Stephen King movies to watch? Oh, God. Let me type in. Stephen King movies. <laughs> Top five. <laughs> Stephen. I mean, there's I there's a lot. That. There is a lot. I mean, I can literally tell you pretty quickly. Uh, Green Miles, definitely freaking one of them. I agree. That's one I of them. I forgot he made that. While you're thinking of some others, um, The Shining is definitely in there. Um, no, I love not, The Shining. Not a giant fan. Never have been. I. Well, and, and to what I was saying, that we watched the new movie, that new movie, Doctor Sleep. Um, the sequel to The Shining is yeah. very good. So if you really? if you get a chance to watch it, check it out. Um, but yeah, I'll put Green Mile in there. Um, the Shining is good. There is a uh, it was a, a little mini series that was I think originally on USA that was turned into the full length movie that you could buy the the two the two VHS set of. It's a movie called Storm of the Century. I think that's a very good movie. Um, let's see. What's another good one? Uh, um, I got I got a couple now. Um, Pet Cemetery, classic. The original Pet Cemetery, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the new one. Um, probably trash. But I don't know. He's I don't know. Um, Carrie is another good one, by the Carrie, way. Carrie, uh, yeah. The it's, the original so Carrie is, is solid, it, though. But yeah. I think those would be mine because I think that's five right there. I got The Shining, I got The Green Mile, I got Carrie, Storm of the Century. Oh no, I got one more. Doesn't uh, have to be exactly cool. five. It's not a big deal. I mean, uh, no, but I mean it's it's cool to stick with the theme. So that's true. Uh, oh, Cujo. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah, I've never man. seen. I've never seen it. My mom uses the Cujo for so many jokes, and that I mean, it's uh, I grew up hearing Cujo jokes. Yeah, I've never seen that. If you can believe it. Really. Yeah, never watched Cujo. Uh, let's see, what's another good Stephen King movie? Uh, um, I'm not going to say this was an amazing movie, but since I saw it, and I know it's a decent movie, uh, 1408. <laughs> that's a decent movie, yeah, I guess. I've only watched it one time, so it's definitely not a replay movie Yeah, oh, for me. definitely not. Uh, let's, I'm, I'm still falling short on, on one there, honestly. And it was mine, I believe. Um... Man, is is Christine is Christine considered? Is that a Stephen King movie too? What is it? Christine about so. the car that uh, that can repair itself and grows an attachment to its owner. I have no idea. I, I think I think it is. I thought I could be wrong though. I don't see it anywhere. Nope. See uh, but but yeah. So if if it is, then that's where I'll throw I'll throw Christine in there too. Um, 
Any, uh, oh, just so you guys know, we're obviously going a little longer on each episode because, well, I don't report as much on wrestling news like I used to, so I figured we need to get as much crap as we can on one show. <laughs> that, and, you know, right. so you guys listen, listen a little bit longer throughout the week. We can hit all the, hit all the exactly. topics. If you're wondering, because our shows used to always be like 50 minutes or an hour. Now they're all going an hour and 10, which is fine. Uh, we yeah. also do this personal thing now. Um, uh, anything else, Trav, this week, any shows you're doing, anything you want to put out there? Uh, nothing this week, but, uh, WFC does have their next show this upcoming Saturday at the Wrestle Center here locally in Tulsa. For those that still haven't checked this out, go to the Perfect Practice Center located right off of 51st in Sheridan here in Tulsa. Um, show will start at 5 p.m. and we normally keep it at about a two-hour pace. Starting in March, on the March 7th show, I believe, we will now start running uh, at 7 p.m. for our show start times. Um, but check us out. We've got a WFC title match set for the February 15th edition next week. Uh, Sam Stackhouse, who we were talking about earlier, will defend his title against his former friend and former co-holder of the tag team titles, Drake Gallows. Uh, check us out. Seriously, our WFC is a great cause. Um, we always have a great mission behind it. And now with us having our center location at the perfect practice, it's it's been a match in heaven, I think. So give us a shout. Check us out. Follow them. Follow the Wrestle Center over you on Tulsa on Facebook, shout, Twitter. Hands up and shout. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> well, my pre-workout's kicked in 100%. Time to go work out. Uh, thank you all for listening to us today. Or whenever you listen to it tonight or whatever. Um, don't forget to find me on Twitter, WWE Ramsey. I don't always respond, That's right. but I try. Uh, you can find Travis at uh, Tra- Twitter. At what? It's at Travis underscore Falhark. F-O-W-L-H-A-R-K. I didn't want to botch that. I know. Um, That's why I filled in. <laughs> I'm going to steal some of your stuff. Make sure you find us... Um, on Facebook, and that's our thing we're trying to build again because we lost our Facebook. In case you want it in every episode, I'm recapping it like most places do. Um, Rumbling Reality should be one word. Just go on Facebook. It's pretty easy to find us. Like us. Appreciate it. Um, Travis, you can do the whole spiel since you can do it anyways. Okay. So Ramsey was doing his best effort there, so we're going to short it down. Well, yes, I just kind of want to put the actual hashtag part, like actual like the true what it is to find us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's all I was going to say is, as Ramsey just said, and I'm going to co-sign it, look for us on Facebook now as Rumbling Reality, one word. Give us a like and follow us on that. Follow us over on Twitter at Rumbling Reality as well. Follow us each individually. And, yeah, we're also on Instagram a little bit too. We update it with uh, ideas of the show, like when our next uh, episode is coming out and what the episode consists of, just like we do on Facebook and Twitter. So, yeah, give us a shout on all your platforms. We would love to hear from some of our fans, especially on Twitter, so that we can kind of see what you want us to talk more about on Rumbling Reality future episodes. And, guys, you have a super-duper great weekend, week, whenever you listen to this. Have a good one. Peace.